a monstrous show and tap as Tennessee gets the short end of the stick of the Heisman once again. Here we go. It is off the hook sports on a Tuesday morning. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like who let the dogs out? Who? Who? Off the hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Good morning on this kind of sad Tuesday, to be real honest with you. In this uh, business long enough where... Don't take a lot of things personally. Don't get disheartened, but I will be real honest with you. I thought last night the selection of the finalists that will be in New York for the Heisman Trophy was a bit disheartening, so we'll discuss that. Also, what does Tennessee do in the offensive coordinator position? Uh, now that Alex Golish has moved on, Caleb has some strong thoughts on that. And we'll take a look at the transfer portal and see where Tennessee goes. So good morning to you and yours. And uh, good morning, Brittany. Uh, Mitchell says Stetson over Hooker is a travesty. And I want to get right to that. The down and dirty at 30 this morning is brought to you by our friends at Zool Beer. Zulbeer.com is the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? Doing well, Dave. How are you? I'm well. How about you, Caleb? I am doing amazing. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. I'm not. I just missed out on a parlay last night with the uh, Bucks and uh, Saints. I don't usually believe in parlays. I took a chance and didn't hit it. <laughs> what about you, man? Are you a parlay person? I've always heard those are a sucker's bet. They are. They're a sucker's bet. My, <laughs> my husband can hit them. I don't know how, but he does. And I don't, though. I don't try. My first ever gamble was a parlay. I hit a five team when I was 18 years old, and I've never won in gambling since. So that's that. Um, all right, guys. So the, the the Heisman candidates come out yesterday, and I, I really thought if there were four, especially Hendon, a four or five, and it depends on how – close the voting is as to how many people they invite for those that don't know. So sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five. I would have thought four hooker, definitely in five hooker, definitely in. I would have thought three, um, at least on my vote, um, that hooker should have been in. He was not. So I, man, I just want to open it up to you. And then Caleb, just your thoughts when you saw the four, that did not include uh, Hendon Hooker. I, I'll be honest with you. I did a double take on my phone because somebody sent it to me. Somehow they got it right before it went on ESPN, and it was one of the, the visual displays. And I thought it was a parody account, to, to be real honest with you. Um, wh what were your thoughts when you saw that he wasn't in there? No slide against the guys that are in it, but that he wasn't there. Your thoughts? Um, I can cite the guys that are in it because I think as we've talked about, I don't like Caleb Williams. I think his character should have prevented him from getting in the Heisman. But the fact that Hinton Hooker wasn't 
even on the ballot or wasn't even possibly going to be in New York was ridiculous in my opinion. But I did notice that they pulled, <clears throat> strangely enough, they pulled a guy from each conference, from each Power Five, except for, That's a good point. which was, yeah, except for the ACC, I think. So they pulled Stetson Bennett from the SEC. They pulled uh, Caleb Williams from the Pac-12. They pulled Duggan from the Big 12. And then they pulled CJ Stroud from the, from the Big 10. So they had one from each conference represented. They were all quarterbacks. Um, the Stetson Bennett one is kind of it's kind of a doozy for me, especially when. Do you remember you and me joking about that about six weeks ago? Surely they wouldn't do that because it's a career award. Do you well, remember we he, joked about that? Yes, but he did not, did not in one game. In one game, he did not throw a a passing touchdown. And I don't understand how you can possibly be put up in the Heisman if you don't throw a touchdown in a game. It shows me that the people that they chose, what they were more, um, I guess, what they cared about more was the fact that they played every game because they kept Hendon Hooker out and they kept Bryce Young out. And I think what they focused on was no injuries or, or no injuries that would keep them from playing in a game. Uh, uh, frankly, I didn't think about the angle with Bryce Young, but you're right. You know, missing a game because of an injury. Um, I, I want to tell you all my ballot, but I'm not supposed to. So I'm going to respect that. But um, I guess I'm slowly kind of giving the way. Bryce Young was, was a guy that I thought should be in the top three. I'll just say it that way. How about that? Um, Caleb, what was your take? Got the, um, Amanda brought up a good point that I didn't think about representing the four conferences. Um, and, and I want to give a quick background, Caleb, before we go to you. There are about 1,600 voters. I don't think most have an agenda. I really don't. However, I think some aren't as tuned in and don't care to be. So they just feel they just go to the odd sheet or they go to the last name they saw and they throw a name in there. So I think there are issues with the voting, but Caleb, what was your take on, on the four? Yeah, it, it was. Um, I, I think what's very clear is there's inconsistency in the voting and there is historical inconsistency in the Heisman voting. The standards that they put set to put some players in, they didn't apply with other players, unless, as Amanda points out, they they had a new standard where you're not allowed to be injured at all this year, which is a dumb standard take. So um, if you're going to go with, if you're going to put Stetson Bennett there, then what you're saying is you value team success, which we've seen them set that standard before. Fine. Now, I don't hate him the way Amanda does, but if you are going to value team success, you can't put Caleb Williams in there because he has two losses just like Hendon Hooker and just like Bryce Young. So if you're going to value team success, you can't put uh, Caleb Williams in. But you can't put Stetson Bennett over Hendon Hooker in there unless team success is the only thing you value because there is no metric in which Stetson Bennett is better than Hidden Hooker. And I don't like saying this because I actually like Stetson Bennett. I think his story is a great story. 
um, West Rucker was talking about this last night, where he was like, Stetson Bennett's a great story. Doesn't make him a Heisman contender. Because there's nothing outside of Georgia's success as a team. There is no standard to say that Bennett belongs over Hooker. And if you're going to use Georgia's success as a team, then there's no reason you should have a quarterback who has two losses, just like Hooker and Young, in there. So this is what... <clears throat> This is what I've talked about for years. They, it, it was 19, It's 1997 to a certain degree all over again, where with Peyton Manning, they applied a different standard to Peyton Manning than they had applied to every other Heisman winner in history up to that point. You know, the Peyton Manning didn't beat Florida, but the year before you gave it to Danny Warfel when he didn't beat Florida State. The year before that, you gave it to Eddie George when he didn't beat Ohio State. In 1956, you gave a 2-8 guy the Heisman over Johnny Majors and Jim Brown. So... I think what's I think what's so frustrating looking at this ballot is, I, look, it's it's there's no clear cut deserving winner this year, <clears throat> and I get it's hard, but yeah, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to pile on Stetson Bennett, but it makes no there's no standard in which Stetson Bennett and Caleb Williams are both in the Heisman top four, one or the other. Son, I want everybody to hit that like button because the more you do that, the more it opens up to more people, and I want to get as many people and uh, on board because I want your opinions on how this went down and how hurtful this might be for uh, the, the Tennessee fan base. Amanda, let me ask you this. How many quarterbacks could have done in the nation could have done what Stetson Bennett did for Georgia this season? Not even talking about last season. They won national title. They might do so, but it, it's supposed to be a one-year award. How many quarterbacks in the nation could have done what Stetson Bennett did or better taking snaps with that defense and with that overall talent level? I mean, just Washington himself, number zero, his tight end, just him. I feel like majority of the quarterbacks that are starting at Division I schools and some backups could have done exactly what Stetson Bennett did if you put Hendon Hooker in there in Georgia's offense, then you you have the Heisman winner like by game six. Stetson Bennett is maybe he's a good team leader, maybe he you know whatever he's not a good quarterback. And the Heisman Trophy's dead. Um, we need a new trophy, or we need different voters. That's how that's where we are right now. They. I, I I'm 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 to that point. I, I I'm to that point that I think I've t I told you, Amanda. I don't know if I told Caleb. You know, I spent a lot of time. I spent two or three hours going through and watching or checking tape and doing a lot of evaluation, Caleb. And I kind of feel like that time on on Sunday was just kind of lost. That I should have just chucked it. I don't go in with preconceived notions. I don't pretend to say that I've seen Max Duggan play every game. But I do go back through and 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 look at every game for the the contenders. And when I look at something like this, I feel like basically what Amanda said. There's a bunch of people who just sat down on a Sunday morning, or or actually you can vote. Amanda pointed this out in the tweet. You can vote as early as Monday before the championship weekend, which makes no sense to me. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot of people who just said. Oh, this dude, this dude, this dude, this dude. Well, this matters. I mean, it it's supposed to matter. Maybe it maybe it doesn't anymore. But it's 
I don't care if it's Tennessee or not for, for hooker to not be in there was just disheartening. And, um, but, but to turn it to a more personal level and it's, it's a video you can see now uh, a podcast on our YouTube channel. So please hit the like button and subscribe. So more people can see that. Now I talked to Jacob Warren about that and he, and I said, you know, Hennon Hooker seems like a guy who wouldn't really care, you know, that he he's proud of what he's done and that's fine. And he goes, man, he cares. Yeah, he's competitive. He wants to be there. And Caleb, I just thought the whole evening was just kind of a big bummer when I saw that come down. And and again, I probably would have been okay if it was three people and maybe he's fourth and odd man out. But to say he's not in the top four means somebody didn't do their homework. Yeah, um, I'm going to take a bold stance because I think Tennessee has – this is not because I cover them. I think Tennessee has been the most uniquely jobbed of a Heisman of any program in history because yeah. of the way the standard – because of the way the standards have changed when they've had three, maybe four legitimate candidates because you could say Hank Lorisella in 1951 too um, should have won it. I'm not going to say he should have won it in 93. Nobody should have beaten Charlie Ward. Agreed. But Hank Lorisella, Johnny Majors, Peyton Manning, and now Hendon Hooker have all been jobbed. And, I mean, Hooker wasn't – you may not say he was jobbed to the Heisman, was, was at least jobbed of a chance to go to New York. I think Tennessee should make a – should honestly, to take it more personal, to make, to make this even like – more legitimate. I think Tennessee should have a new tradition where if by chance they do get a Heisman invite in the future and a potential Heisman winner, the player just doesn't accept it. Just show up the Heisman. Embarrass them. Do what T.O. did with the Hall of Fame when the Hall of Fame was consistently like, we're not letting you win. We're not letting you win. We're not letting you win. And then they changed their mind in the last minute. They're like, okay, we'll let you win. And T.O. is whatever you feel about T.O., I actually agree with the argument that you might want to make if you don't think you should have been in the Hall of Fame. That's fine. But for them to change their opinions, uh, you know, the last year he's on what it wasn't it the last year he was on the ballot or something like that. For them yeah. to change their opinions on TO right then, it was like, oh, you guys just wanted to punish him and humiliate him for a few years and then let him in. I had no problem with TO saying, I'm not showing up for this. And uh, let me ask you this. So I'm not trying to compare the two Heisman campaigns at all because they're very, very different. But I thought that Peyton Manning was really overexposed throughout that year. He came in as the leader and I kind of thought people got bored with it. And ESPN has admitted to try to drum up a competition. So whoever you thought should win it that year, I thought Peyton Manning was overexposed. People kind of got sick of hearing about him. So Amanda, let me offer this. Is there a chance, a chance that Hendon Hooker, was just overexposed, that Tennessee got too good, too quick, seemingly too easy. We we know what they went through in the offseason and the transfer and all that, but there was a lot of Tennessee in your face, let's be honest with you, in October, especially after the Alabama win. Is there a chance that maybe Hooker and Tennessee got, and I'm reaching, grasping for straws, admittedly, that they got overexposed and some fans said, I'm just not going to vote for that guy because he ended up getting hurt. And I finally bought in and watched the South Carolina game and they weren't that good. And is that a possibility from a PR perspective? I'm grasping. Uh, no, 
There's there's not that's not a possibility because if it was an overexposure kind of thing, then CJ Stroud would not be on the Heisman. He great point. He was shoved in everybody's face. Hendon Hooker was a dark horse for a while. I mean, he <clears throat> he was a front runner for maybe a week or two, and but CJ Stroud was shoved in every single person's face from like June. It was they were already CJ Stroud was going to win the Heisman. He was he was the the favorite from week one to to week like ten or something like that. I mean, he was the favorite. So if we're doing overexposure, CJ Stroud is definitely that one. It looks like to me a bunch of the Heisman voters just <clears throat> waited until their ballots came out. Like he, they're able to vote like on the Monday or something and looked at, oh, who's the latest? Who's the latest on the Heisman? Like who? Let's let's look at the records. Oh, Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud's in there. Let's pick Stetson Bennett because he's on the best team. And then uh, Duggan. And they're like, oh, OK, that's why Hendon Hooker wasn't mentioned. That's why Bryce Young wasn't mentioned, because by that time, <clears throat> their Heisman odds had fallen pretty significantly because. They missed games, and and they weren't going to the championship. CJ Stroud's always been in there. I don't know if they're just if he's just like a or not him, but if Ohio State's just like the darling of ESPN. But CJ Stroud has been p- constantly pushed in our faces this year, always. You're you're right. Bad take on my end. Um, nobody was more overexposed than. CJ Stroud, you're absolutely right. Dean said, we're frustrated this a.m. Uh, this, this morning, but we did this to ourselves by losing to South Carolina. Well, I mean, that's true, but the, Tennessee didn't hurt Hendon Hooker's knee by themselves. Yeah. If he comes out there and makes that game a little bit closer and respectable, and I believe that would be the case, and then comes out and Tennessee's going to score every bit as much against Vanderbilt with Hooker as they did Milton, then we're not having this conversation. He's definitely in a top three scenario, right? Well, yeah, and Tennessee hurt themselves in the playoffs. They didn't hurt Hendon Hooker's Heisman. I mean, the stats still speak for themselves as far as Hooker's concerned. Did he do that well against South Carolina? No, but... He was lights out in every in every single game before that, and he left it all on the field at South Carolina. I mean, he was let down by his team. It's not the other, you know. Tennessee didn't didn't lose him the Heisman. They lost the playoff spot with the South Carolina loss, with the Heisman, no. No, yeah. we'll, we'll take a look at the finalists. Uh, we're going to stick with this topic longer than we uh, we typically do because I just thought it was. Um... I'm a bit crestfallen as a voter. I'm I'm a bit um, disappointed in the fellow voters. So we're, hang tight. And I want to get your comments. Hit that like button so we can get more people on board. I'm going to go into some more reasons and why perhaps uh, Hooker wasn't involved in a group of four. Again, if it was three last night, I get it. It was four. It was four that made it, and Hendon Hooker wasn't one of them. That is absolutely hard for me to fathom. It's not hard to fathom AndyMasonRealEstate.com because they got 40 years of experience. That's your decision to be made. AndyMasonRealEstate.com is based off two things, best customer service, and it is based off the best prices. How about that? Can't beat it. Pretty simple. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. 
Hendonhooker.com. So out of the group of four, who is Hooker better than? We're going to break that down back in two minutes with Amanda LaFrada, Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the Oak Sports. It has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Dish Barbecue Supplies, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food, and we'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, where Chattanooga goes to grill. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh my God. Today's tough question is brought to you by Zach England, personal injury attorney in Chattanooga and the absolute best. He's with Best and Brock, and Zach England's got your back. Zach's got your back. Whether it's a car accident or whatever, I can tell you right now, the insurance companies are going to man up when it comes to lawyers. You need to do so as well. And Zach England of Best and Brock brings you today's tough question. And Amanda, I'm just going to turn this one over to you because you're better at this than me. And I just want to ask you this, um, or I would like the question to be this, unless you guys have a major objection. In a word, how would you describe the call the the Heisman the the selection of Heisman finalists. I would like to choose my word, and that would be travesty. And then um, I would I would like Caleb chip in there, but Amanda always final say on today's tough questions. So you tell me in a word, 
how would you describe the selection of Heisman finalists? How does that sound? Sure. Travis D's mine too. So I guess we'll put that twice. <laughs> we'll come up with another one. I'll do I was gonna do embarrassing. Um not for Tennessee, but for the Heisman committee. That's why I would say embarrassing. How about heartbreaking? Works too. Um do we have a fourth? All of the above? I, I don't know. Um yeah, maybe all of the above too, or if somebody uh wants to wants to jump in there and, and give us one. John says typical. I like typical because that's a little bit different. Yeah. And uh, Smokey, uh, somebody said uh, Dave turns it over to Amanda and the dating sites come in. Yes, they are on the message board, but I'm blogging them as we speak. It's because <laughs> uh, Amanda and Caleb are so attractive. The dating sites just always explode when we have them on. <laughs> it's just like the bots automatically go, that Amanda, man, she is smoking. And that Caleb, he's like Brad Pitt 20 years ago. He's the dude. And that's exactly what happens. And it's dating side, dating side, dating side. And I'm doing my best to block them. But there are so many because these two are too, so good looking that I just can't stop them. So, But I did block as many as I could. Dean said deplorable. But uh, Amanda, you choose the four that you want to go with and um i want to go back to some comments quickly again if you're just joining this and you were asleep under a rock last night the the um the heisman ceremony will not include hendon hooker and just absolutely heartbreaking tennessee smoky says seems many voters are growing tired of power sec teams alabama georgia lsu florida and now tennessee getting all the attention in college football, undefeated seasons, championships, top players. Just a ra- – okay, he, he just mentioned LSU. Random, random thought. What does Jaden Daniels do if he's Georgia's quarterback with that defense? Are they still undefeated? Or are they still the number one team in the nation, Amanda? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's no question. Yeah, and, and I'm it, sorry, I disagree with that point too because it's Tennessee, not SEC. Sorry, Amanda. Sorry. I no, I'm gonna go with what Caleb said. If if it was an SEC bias, then Stetson Bennett wouldn't be in there. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense because Stetson Bennett is on the best player, is not on the best player, is on the best team in the SEC right now. So Stetson Bennett shouldn't be a name. He wouldn't be a name if he were on any other team or if Georgia had a loss or two losses. Stetson Bennett wouldn't be in there. But since he is the quarterback of the best team, he's on there. Yeah, I would have had Blake Corman over Stetson Bennett. That's not an SEC guy. And... No, that's a Michigan guy. Yep. Yeah. Did he miss one game, one and a half? Yeah, he missed one about one and a half games. Oh no, I think he just missed one, didn't he? Because didn't he start the Ohio State game and then get hurt early on in it? Um, I think he tried to play. Maybe he got a four carries or something like that. But um, how many Heisman voters are somehow affiliated with Ohio State? Yeah, I don't have the exact list, but it's supposed to be spread out pretty evenly across the country i do think for a long time there was an east coast bias and when i say east coast i mean east of the mississippi not necessarily on the actual coast but i thought there was one of those for a long time when because usc had a ton of them oh 
Uh, I thought there was a slight East Coast. I'm talking 20 years ago. I'm old. Uh, That's but right. They had a bunch. They did still have a bunch. I, I thought at one point there was this. At least there were allegations. There were talk of an East Coast bias. Let's put it that way. Maybe it was never the case. But um, and then okay, so let's let's look at the candidates because really we haven't even mentioned all their names yet. I don't think to to this point. Okay, so I'm just going to open it up round table, and that includes the message board. Your thoughts. So we'll kind of get drilled in a little bit. Um, Let's start with Caleb Williams. Amanda and I share, I believe, the same thoughts on Caleb Williams. And it did factor into my vote, the painting of the fingernails. Caleb, uh, Amanda LaFrada, why would you have not voted for Caleb Williams? Um, I would not have voted for Caleb Williams. A, his arrogance. And B, his lack of discipline when it comes to just being a decent human being, it seems. Like, you don't, you don't paint expletives on your fingernails against the other team, you idiot. I'm just, it's just embarrassing to watch him out there doing the Heisman pose and then getting trounced by Utah after. It was hilarious. So, he'd been off my ballot just based on sheer stupidity. Um, John says actually, and Stetson isn't arrogant. I thought he was a little arrogant after the Tennessee game, but somebody got his phone number and I think he was mad. So I'll kind of give him a pass on that. Caleb, Caleb, let me throw, uh, Caleb Williams at you. Um, it wouldn't for me. I, 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 again, I'm, I, I don't care about the, I don't care about the smack talk. I love smack talk. As long as you're not physically hurting anybody, then talk all you want. Just back it up. Um, my my thing with Caleb Williams is more funny enough. He's in a similar system to Hendon Hooker because Lincoln Riley and Josh Heupel run similar offenses. But I think that offense is more is bound to do a lot better in the Pac-12 than it is the SEC. It's a lot easier to throw it all over the Pac-12. Um, and so I think you kind of have to skew his numbers back a little bit. Um, and, you know, yeah. Hooker has most of Hooker's yards were meaningful, even though there were a lot of blowouts. Like Caleb Williams had a lot of 350 yard games and games that were relatively in hand. I mean, hell, he threw for 350 yards last Saturday and three touchdowns. So, you know, I, I think that I think a few of his numbers are a bit plastic, if that if I can use that word. Um, and so that typical that USC. Be, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, this is like why when Reggie Bush won the Heisman, and I'm thinking that should have gone to Vince Young. Vince Young was leaps and bounds better than Reggie Bush in 2005. I agree with that. And it was embarrassing that they gave it to Reggie Bush. It was embarrassing that they gave it to Matt Leinart the year before. And it was embarrassing that they gave it to Carson Palmer over Willis McGahee in 2002. Sorry, I'm a USC hater, guys. but <laughs> um, You make the, valid points. Yeah, the Pac-12 plays no defense. You're running against air. I'm ready. I'm ready for some California people to jump on this board. Y'all don't play defense out there. I could score a touchdown in the Pac-12. And I could too. Yes, you could. <laughs> yeah. And and neither of you would lateral it back in the championship game like Reggie Bush. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah, that, yeah. Pull, that pullback needs a touch. Okay, so you guys are split. Um, I guess I'll, I'll I'll be the I'll break the vote. I I would. We're not split. We're both anti. No. Oh, you're yeah. anti Caleb for different reasons. Okay. Yeah, so. I'm anti Caleb for different reasons. I don't care about his like smack talking. I'm just saying that I don't think he didn't 
I don't think he did enough. Okay. All right. Um, so Max Duggan, Amanda, you. Out of the four, he's my favorite. Um, he's got a lot of heart. He plays and he leaves everything on the field. As we saw on Saturday, the kid was about to pass out and just kept going. I mean, he did everything possible to win that game for his team. Um, I, I like the feel-good story. If you're not putting Hendon Hooker in there, and I, I think it's after what Caleb said about Blake Corum, not being in there either, I think that was the deciding factor was the amount of time that you missed because three there's three pretty good candidates in there above Stetson Bennett and I think above C.J. Stroud that you could have put in there, but they all missed a game or more. So with – but the, the Duggan kid, if I had a Heisman vote, he would have been on my top three. I mean, he – like I said – and after seeing what he did on Saturday, I would, I would, I don't know. He just, I think he encompasses what college football is about. I think Caleb Williams does not. I think there's the difference. Caleb Williams seems more pro to me. Duggan seems more college and more heartfelt and more just compassionate and, and playing for the love of the game. Caleb Williams is playing for the money. That's the difference that I see. Well, I, I feel the same way. And he transferred, too, from a program just because it was the cool, neat thing to do at the time, right? Um, you had Hendon Hooker transfer from a program because his coach turned his back on him. And if you haven't done the background research on that, it's it's pretty sad, actually. You know, he had a heart issue, and the medicine caused him to get too cold later in the year, and he just got thrown under the bus by the coaching staff saying, oh, he doesn't like playing in the cold. I mean, come on. Uh, we had a question on the message board, and I'll get to you, Caleb, on uh, Max Duggan. We had a question on the message board. Where does Hooker rank? Okay, so I'm going to use rating because he did miss a game and a half. And how many games did he sit out in the second half because the game was out of hand? C.J. Stroud has the highest ranking of 176.25. Hendon Hooker is 175.51. He's second. Third, uh, Grayson McCall from uh, Coastal Carolina. Todd Centurio from James Madison. Then you get to Caleb Williams, uh, USC. Uh, Curtis Rourke, Ohio. Frank Harris. So let me find the other ones. That Max Duggan comes in at ninth. And then, okay, let's. I'm still scrolling for Georgia. 23rd. He comes in at 23rd. So there you go. Um, except for Stroud, uh, Hooker was the highest rated quarterback in the nation. Heartbreaking. Caleb, your thoughts on Max Duggan? Um, I'm big on Max Duggan. Um, I, I, I agree with Amanda. I, I kind of do the whole, where would they be without him? It, it's hard for me with the Max Duggan though, because we do know about that Sonny Dykes air raid, but it's not like that Sonny Dykes air raid has not been, it's been out there for 10, 12 years now. So at this point, it's more dependent on having a good quarterback than, you know, him catching you off guard with his system. And, and, and Max Duggan has that. Um, I would throw in that um, just, just for the record, uh, since we were bringing up numbers, I care about total QBR much more than a quarterback rating. And of uh, all the Heisman candidates, Hendon Hooker about, had by had the best total QBR with CJ Stroud second, funny enough. Um, okay, so so ed ed educate me for a second. What's the difference between rating and QBR? 
QB, I can't break down all the stats, all right. of it, but QB rating just brings in the stats and uses a conglomeration to, to propel the stats. Total QBR takes into account adjusted yards, when you know when you completed your passes, when you gained your yards, how effective you were on the ground. Um, so, uh, you know, like a third, if you complete a third and seven pass through the year, it's going to be more, um, it's going to matter more than if you complete a first and 10 pass, you know, things like that. It takes into account when the game it takes into account when the passes and the stats were compiled and what the score of the game was at the time. Okay. When it mattered. Yeah, when it mattered. I did, and, I, I did not know that. I'll start yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, ESPN. It's hard to know exactly how they do it all, but ESPN did it, uh, put this together about 12 years ago, and it's proven to be a much more effective stat than average quarterback rating. I want to break down the rest of the candidates and why I believe Hendon Hooker should be in that mix. Brittany says, my heart is broken for Hendon Hooker. Would we be looking at something very different if he didn't suffer the injury? I think he's definitely in a top three situation. I think he may even be the winner. Even with a bad South Carolina loss, let's say that's still 20 points and that Tennessee doesn't come back. I think you're looking at a strong contender. And it's probably a coin flip between him and Caleb Williams. At least I think so. So again, hit that like button, guys. We want to bring more people in because I want your thoughts. Um, somebody mentioned that the offense may be viewed as a, a gimmick sort of thing. Well, if that's the case, then it is with Max Duggan as well. And and really, I don't believe that, Amanda. I believe with the wide splits and the tempo and it's a combination, a conglomeration of a lot of different offenses. I don't believe it's gimmicky. I don't like that word. And to Brittany's point, heart is broken. Um, yeah, I think Amanda could speak to this after working with me for what it's been six, seven months now. I pretty much separate myself from it um, because I have to, because I can't you know, be around my family and be upset whether or not Tennessee be happy, just gleeful of Tennessee beat Alabama or upset of Tennessee lost to South Carolina. I mean, you're so in it. And Amanda knows this now 10 hours a day that you have to kind of separate yourself. But I will tell you that I thought, I, I, I mean, I didn't cry, but I, I did have an emotional response as or last night. I was, I was really disheartened, really crestfallen. So I'm not sure where I was going with that Amanda, but just let you pick up the pieces there or we can move on. You tell me. Um, I, I'm not sure where you're going with that either, but I do want to point out that the Heisman, this Heisman, and there should be something different. The Heisman should be a different award than the Davey O'Brien award. Like there, this is what we're looking at. We're looking at the, the best quarterback. That's, that's essentially what it is. And for this season, at least. So there should be something separating those two things. And I think, what should be the separating factor is the heart and, and the, the passion and the leadership abilities. That's where I think Duggan should overcome Caleb Williams. If you want to go the best, you know, the best quarterback, then maybe you put Caleb Williams in there. You put CJ Stroud, but if you're looking for a Heisman, which should encompass your character, it should encompass all of those things. Then you're looking at Duggan. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, who was Texas Christian before Max Duggan started playing football? I mean, it, and I think Hooker, you could make the same argument for Hooker. 
Agreed. I think that's where it should have been separated. I don't believe that this should be the best quarterback award. You already have one of those. Why are we, why do we have another one? I would have given the, I, I mean, Will Anderson was definitely on my Heisman ballot last year. And a lot of people, he, he, they didn't even have him on his, their ballot. He didn't make the induction ceremony, which I thought that you, the edge rusher from Alabama, for those that don't know, that to me was just unbelievable. So, all right, we've gone through, we haven't officially gone through Stetson Bennett. So, Amanda, your thoughts on Stetson Bennett being a finalist? This is this is the leader or the quarterback of the best team in the nation. That's what you did. You picked out a player that you could get behind on the best team and you threw him out there. Whether you think it's a career award or I mean, you're as a quarterback, like I, I did a tweet and Stetson Bennett is you're getting a you're getting a team achievement award if they give you the Heisman. Or it a is career award. Yes. Or a career award, but more more so a team achievement award. And it's not because of what you've done over your career. It's because of what team you're on, on your career. Like, that's that's what they're rewarding. Okay, you've won a national title. You're probably going to win another one. Here, we've got to give you this award. I think that's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's so stupid. I agree. But- Sm- Smoky Mountain Red. Uh, read my mind he said another thing to look at who is the offensive player of the year in the sec and who is on the heisman invite list so put yourself in hendon hooker's position yesterday and the voters are separate but he probably doesn't know that but you win the sec player of the year award by all but one vote one um one, one voter uh decided to go bryce young in alabama and i got no issue with that but um you're thinking and I got to be in pretty good shape if I'm the offensive player of the year in the SEC and for the Heisman. So, Caleb, should Stetson Bennett be on a group of four headed to New York? No, he shouldn't. And again, that you know, we talk about guys I like, and um, we were talking. If we are talking about character, I got no problem with. I obviously think Hooker's a great dude, and Max Duggan's a great dude. I think Stetson Bennett's a great dude too, and I honestly think C.J. Stroud's a good dude. I think all four of those guys, I I I, I genuinely like. Um, and Setson Bennett is one of the hardest ones because you're talking about a really mentally tough guy that, you know, you, you, you respect everything that's happened with him, but no, he's, he's not on this list. It, it, it's, um, the little Dave, Dave will remember this one a little bit of history. It's, it, it's the, it's 2006 Troy Smith at Ohio state, um, with Stetson Bennett when Troy Smith won the wow. Heisman most forgettable Heisman winner ever. And I, 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 and it was, it was a great story. You know, he overcame, you know, his, his mother had her issues. And so he was, I think he was in the system for a while and he went to Ohio state, worked his way out on the Heisman. It was a great story, but it was just, he, I, I didn't, he wasn't better than Darren McFadden that year. Darren McFadden should have won it in 2006 and 2007 guys. I'm sorry. I, when I've watched college football, that's the best running back I've ever seen play at the college level was Darren McFadden. Um, but yeah, I, I, I Stetson Bennett should be on here. I strive for his biceps every time I go to the gym. That flex, that, yeah, that flex thing that he had is like, oh yeah, biceps would burst out of the state. <laughs> what is Dave? What about like? It seems like, and you know, you've been around a lot longer. I feel like there's a lot of no, no, no. Covering the Heisman, covering the high. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to age you. Okay, um, I feel like. 
there is a massive issue of prisoner of the moment with the Heisman, where the last two weeks just outweigh everything. I think of Peyton Manning in 97. Look, let's be honest. Peyton Manning was hot garbage against Vanderbilt that year. He was awful. And the SEC championship game, I thought he was great, but he did throw two interceptions in the SEC championship game. And they were a lot closer with Auburn than they probably should have been because of a bunch of offensive turnovers. Um, and I think that might have weighed on the voters that year because Woodson that year also finished playing awesome against Ohio State. And so I think pretty the moment comes into play. Yeah, I definitely think there's some recency bias in there. I don't think there's any question about that. Do they even look at the voters, though? Do they even, like, do, uh, like, let's, let's go back and see if these people are even alive or – Let's go back and see if these people even care about college football. Are they covering the e-news channels? Like, do they look at who's actually voting for this thing? The way because... it works, the, the way it works is your each state has basically a, a, I don't know if it's a committee chair or what you call it, the representation. Um, in, th- in this particular case, it's Jimmy Himes with the Sports Animal. So. Yes, he's well aware if somebody were to, to get out of sports altogether and not cover it anymore, he's aware of that. Before that, it was the late Joe Bill who passed away, um, who gave me my Heisman vote. So, yes, they are supposed to be aware. I know that Tennessee with Joe and Jimmy are very aware if you're still working in sports. I can't tell you if somebody from Florida is aware. So that's the way it works. Uh, I think they've that some people have surprised me with the fact that they had a vote. I'm not going to name names, but I think they've given out a few too many. But um, I do think there is there are different jobs in sports. And I think that and I'm not knocking television people, but I think the job is to get the clip and get it up. And you have a lot of things to do. You have to cover local football as well. High school preps. And I think it's really difficult to watch a lot of football as the three of us do on a Saturday. I mean, the three of us, what, we're tuned in from noon to midnight. Um, Why wouldn't they give the votes to like AP voters that they know have to watch or maybe not AP, but whoever they know have to watch the games to make their decisions or should be watching the games instead of 1600 random people. Are you talking about voters for like the Heisman? But you're talking about like when you say AP voters or you're, you're talking about the, for the national teams and the conference teams. For, I, would, like, I would say all of those probably have a vote because that's kind of considered the next step up. If you get asked to do the um, AP top 25 poll, or you get asked to do the player of the year, like yesterday, there were only, I think 13 Caleb, I think there were 13 voters that did the, SEC uh, all SEC team yesterday so that's even kind of a step above so I would assume all of those also have a Heisman vote well why give it out past that is my question I I don't know I mean are there a lot of people that show up and they they do their show each and every day their, their radio or television show or whatever the case may be and vote for the guy down the street because it's the easiest way out. Yes, I think that's probably the case, if that's kind of what you're jabbing at. Yeah, that's awful. That shouldn't be the case. We wouldn't have Stetson Bennett here. No. Yeah. No. And, 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 and don't forget this. Atlanta is a huge media market. Mm-hmm. Probably the biggest college football media market now. 
you know, the college football hall of fame has moved down to Atlanta, hasn't it? From South yes. Bend. Yes. Yeah. That's where we were this summer. We were there. Yeah. So it's um cool place. You know, it, it's definitely, yeah. The, the Atlanta is the hub of college football now. Yeah. Um, so that should be yeah. looked at Heisman people. I mean, that was a thing in history, though, with Dave say with the Midwest. I mean, how many times did, again, Paul Hornung, two and eight, won the Heisman. Two and eight. And he got the Heisman at Notre Dame. Uh, Nutrition World is where you need to stop in, and they'll give you those Darren McFadden biceps if that's what you want. <laughs> I was trying to work in that transition earlier. I was there last night because they've got these uh, little – peanut butter dough balls that are just incredible. I might have a couple here in a little bit. They are unbelievable. But you can go online, go to nutritionw.com and know that you're getting the absolute highest quality supplements. Stuff you're probably already taking, know that at nutritionw.com they're one of the top supplement uh, e-commerce sites in the biz and you're going to get the absolute best selection check out their website order from there nutritionw.com we love nutrition world and okay so who have we left out and we don't like caleb caleb williams we we all like max duggan um stetson bennett we feel like great story but career award or team achievement award uh so i think i know where amanda Stands on our next one, CJ Stroud. She and I have similar feelings. We get along a lot on the eyes, but not so much on other topics, but a lot on the eyes. Amanda, CJ Stroud. Uh, CJ Stroud had all the talent surrounding him in the world, and he underachieved with it. Got beat at home by his rival by 22 points. CJ Stroud, you can look at his stats and say, oh, yeah, he's good. He's, he's this, he's that. But look at who he's also going against. Not a lot of competition in the Big Ten unless you're looking at Michigan and Penn State. I mean, that's really that's really who he went against. Um, I thought he had probably Ohio State's the most talented team, if not for Georgia. And the wide receivers that he has on that team, it should be a, a next to impossible not to win the Heisman like he was projected to do so this season and somehow managed to not, is probably not going to win the Heisman. So I think he underachieved with the talent that he had and he couldn't execute to save his life. Yeah. Chris Landry uh, in an off air conversation said he really thinks that Ohio state has four first round receivers. Now they're not all eligible this year, but Caleb, if, if you drop back and, throw to four first-round potential wide receivers in the NFL. That's pretty good. I, I remind everybody to hit the like button uh, so we can open it up to more people. And the Super Chat function is available so that we can uh, reinvest and do more things with the show. So I'm still figuring that one out, to be real honest with you. So go ahead and click on the Super Chat. And if you want to contribute to the show, we greatly appreciate that. So, Caleb, um, your thoughts on C.J. Stroud. I, I don't have a problem with him being in it. I wouldn't vote for him. I agree. I think the biggest reason I wouldn't vote for him, I watched, I mean, he was the ultimate stat pattern this year. Like the ultimate. If you guys watched a lot of these games, they kept him in in the third and fourth quarter. Now, I will say he did actually, a lot of his stats were meaningful. When I talk about total QBR, he's behind Hendon Hooker. He has the best total QBR of anybody in the Heisman top four. Funny enough, um, 
Jalen Daniels at Kansas had the highest total QBR. It's just he didn't accumulate enough stats this year. But all of his stats were meaningful. But so CJ Stroud was behind Hooker. Massive stat patter. Playing, you're right, Big Ten was so weak this year. Like, I mean, he played two teams, Penn State and Michigan. You could say three in Notre Dame, but Notre Dame wasn't the same Notre Dame team they became when he played them, and he didn't play that good against them. And no. they lost to Marshall the very next week. Exactly. And so, so. I, I, the, the one defense I'll give of him with in the Michigan game is, look, C.J. Stroud doesn't play defense, and Ohio State's defense turned into air the last, like, two weeks of the season. And, I mean, that was embarrassing. And, I mean, if I, every Ohio State player on defense should have just been, like, forced to, like, should be suspended for a game, even if it's the playoff, just for how they played against Michigan and Maryland, funny enough. So uh, I, that, that's the one thing I would say is they're supposed to be loaded with talent on that side of the ball, too, and they embarrass themselves. Um, but I agree, C.J. Stroud, I, I just don't think he did enough. And – it's not so, with what he was given. I mean, not you yeah. start out with like a complete team. You should run away with the Heisman. Exactly. And by the way, if we're going to talk about gimmick offenses, like they're all, all of these quarterbacks are in somewhat gimmick offenses, except Stetson Bennett. And none of us think Stetson Bennett is the best quarterback out there, but CJ Stroud is in the urban Meyer spread offense. Uh, Hendon hooker and Caleb Williams are in that, I guess you call RPO veer and shoot offense. And and Max Duggan is in the um, uh, the air raid offense. So this concept of gimmicky offenses is somewhat silly to me because most Heisman winners were in systems designed for them to thrive, i.e., Danny Warfel at Florida. No, no, you're 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 absolutely right. I mean, that was the most gimmicky offense of all time. What Steve Spurrier ran, he had better athletes. Yeah. Um, that was a simple, you know, you run five yards, you read the defensive back, and you know exactly where to cut based off of his stance and based off if he's flipped his hips. I mean, that was as gimmicky and as simple as it could possibly be. It worked. I'm not knocking it. I mean, if you think about it, the triple option is gimmicky. Yeah, it is. And Eric Crouch won the Heisman one year. <laughs> I mean, the triple option is just read the defensive end. It couldn't be any easier. I mean, if you have the physical ability – to run and make a split second decision, then you're good in the triple option. <laughs> Take a snap. I mean, no accuracy required whatsoever. <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, outside of the Bill Walsh's of the world and who else, if you guys want to throw names in there, I don't think anybody's, you know, I don't think anybody's recreating how we discovered the atom. I mean, I don't think that that's, yeah. I mean, I did see this weekend, though, a fake flea flicker. Did you see that? I think it was TCU, maybe, that did it. So you turn and fake like you're pitching, and then you run? No, so he he turned, and he faked like he was pitching it, and the guy oh, ran. Oh, was it Purdue? Was it Purdue? Okay. Yeah, Purdue the guy ran, and he. I think the other guy ended up throwing it or something. It was the craziest <laughs> thing. We were like, did he just fake that and he did and it was pretty insane you're talking to somebody who once when i played baseball i looked at the guy that's standing on first base and i said hey i need to adjust that base it looks like it's off of its mount and he stepped off and i tagged him and he was out <laughs> <laughs> nice 
Great. Dave, when I played high school, I was I was the king of leaning into pitches. So. <laughs> Man, is that bad or a little funny? That's bad. That is just that is so bad. Like you should be able to play and get somebody out just using skills in baseball. You shouldn't have to talk them off the bag. Yeah, I was like, it's off its mount. I don't even know what went through my head. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah, and there was another we we did run the hidden ball trick. That's a classic. You can run that once a season and it works. That where the you know the pitcher acts like he's got it and he's pounding his glove, but really the first baseman has it when he takes the lead, you just tag him and he's out. Uh, that's a pretty good one too. We had kind of a dirty coach back in the day. But uh, Guardian Investment Groups won't do you dirty. They'll take care of your money and they'll tell you why they're putting it where. And to have that sort of insight gives you a lot of solace and you don't have to worry about your money being in some precarious position because that's Guardian Investment Advisors. Guardian Investment Advisors is easy to find at GIAplan.com. GIAplantoday.com. And uh, it is just fantastic. And when you go there, know this, that you can get the very same service that uh, multimillionaires are getting because of the, the fact that we can now do video conferencing. So, all right, this day in sports history coming up next. We might get to some Joey Halsey, and should he be Tennessee's next offensive coordinator? It looks like that's going to be the case, and uh, we've got a lot more. So stay tuned, more Heisman talk, and I want to get your thoughts. So hit that like button. Be sure, if you haven't already, subscribe, because we want your input. Two minutes back off the sports has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Desk Barbecue Supply, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food, and we'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Desk Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. 
with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old, when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. Two kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. This day in sports history is brought to you by our friends at Big Orange Phillies. Big Orange Phillies, a great place to watch the game last night. And... There was just an incredibly interesting story about Randy Moss and Peyton Manning that I want to get to on the Manning cast. Randy Moss was almost a ball. That was stunning. I'd never heard that story. Maybe Caleb had. He's Captain Encyclopedia. But Big Orange Philly is a great place to watch the game last night. Also a great place to watch football on Thursday and uh, headed into the weekend as we're getting close to the uh, NFL playoffs and make your bowl plans there for the Orange Bowl or whatever bowl game that you want to watch because we're getting to the point here in a few just a few days that we'll have a game on just about every night. I do like the way that college football is spread it out like that, so it's pretty cool. So check out Big Orange Phillies. They've got great food, a family-friendly environment, and they also have billiards, darts, cornhole. So they've got Things to do if the game gets a little boring or out of hand. But the food, wow, is fantastic. It's convenient to North Knoxville, like the Halls area. It's also convenient to Maynardville. So you've got a place right there to call home. So, guys, this day in sports history, let's talk some balls. December the 6th, the balls won their first ever SEC championship game with a 30-29 to win over Auburn. It was a record crowd of 74,896 people. The balls were down 20 to 7 in the second quarter. And then on a 73-yard touchdown pass from Peyton Manning to Marcus Nash. Early in the fourth quarter, Manning was the game's MVP. 25 of 43 passes for 373 yards with four TDs and two interceptions. And give you a little bit of insight. <clears throat> that you, you don't get elsewhere. So that's why we want you to like and subscribe to this channel. Um, halftime of that game is when the mold was set for the 98 national championship team uh, because there was a situation in which two very key players on that uh, 98 team got in the leader's uh, face, which included a Peyton Manning at halftime and said, what the H? We're not going to lose this game. This is an SEC title. And that's when the mold was cast for the 98 team. Maybe you'll read about that in a book one day. Also want to remind you that uh, Biles Automotive Group at the heart of Callahan is your home for car shopping in Knoxville. And they have great car selection. And they also, this is incredibly cool, they also... Uh, have a service department with integrity. Imagine that. You don't get that just everywhere. Biles Automotive Group on Callahan. Did anybody watch the Manning cast last night? I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm I'm a Troy Aikman fan, so I've, I lean towards that. But I just thought I'd put it on. And, and they were they were entertaining. And I, I thought it was good. I, I like the give and take. What do you, what do you choose, guys? Do you go with the regular broadcast or the Manning cast? Um, I go with the Manning cast <clears throat> if I watch the game. 
but I did not watch the game last night. I'm not going to lie. I was just kind of worn down by football sure, by last night. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I go Manning cast and more for the entertainment. I don't, because they're funny because I don't, I, I don't mind the breakdowns, but I don't, you know, that one of the most archaic things of sports television is the idea that we need somebody who's played and knows the game to be the color commentary. I'm like, Get one of those, but then get a fun guy in there too. You know, get a Charles Barkley to do Monday Night Football. That would just be oh, great. Yeah. That would be. <laughs> yeah, I like the dynamic between the brothers, the Manning brothers, because Eli is constantly taking shots at Peyton, and it's hilarious. It's great. <laughs> Eli is very witty, very quick, and I like it. Yeah, definitely as somebody who should have been on The Office, Eli. Yes, yes. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Okay, so this story came out last night, and I hadn't heard this before, Caleb. So Randy Moss comes to Tennessee for a, a visit. And they said, hang tight because uh, Peyton Manning is coming and he wants to see you on your visit and recruit you. So they're really open about it. And he's coming back from West Virginia. And Randy Moss, now I'm going to call a little bit maybe BS on this because there's a reason he went to Marshall and not a bigger school. Um, so whether it's discipline issues or grades, I don't know. But Marshall, there's a reasoning with it. So, but anyway, he visits Tennessee and Peyton Manning is supposed to be there for his visit. And Peyton Manning wasn't. Well, Peyton was visiting his now wife, then girlfriend in West Virginia. And he caught, and I don't know how much of this was just tomfoolery. I don't get to use that word a lot. But, Moss said, not a great word. Uh, no, it's just, it's not an everyday use. So it's not. Um, Moss said, well, uh, I'm not waiting for him. He should have been here recruiting me if he really wanted me. And that's part of the reason they may have been joking, but that he didn't go to Tennessee. And that uh, Peyton Manning was supposedly in a car jetting down as fast as he could. And this is pseudo cell phone service if you remember i had the the little blue thing that was uh, supposed to be a cell phone that worked about a third of the time and um yeah so had you heard that either of you guys heard that story that randy moss was almost of all no no i i heard it last night um I, funny enough it was it was virginia not west virginia for peyton manning because his girlfriend went to charlottesville oh, virginia okay. i'm sorry yeah. i said that I just made, oh, I was in Charlottesville over the weekend and we visited Stanton, which is Woodrow Wilson's uh, hometown where he was born. And um, you get to I-81, you go, you go towards I-81 from Charlottesville to do that. And you take I-81 to get that back to Knoxville. That's a brutal drive. That leg right there is only like 40 minutes, but that probably slowed Peyton Manning down on his own, on its own, um, trying to get there. And then the other one that I do know this story because he's told me personally is uh, Terrell Owens really thought that he was signing up with UT, like Tennessee. And he showed up at UTC and he's like, where's all the orange? That (laughs) doesn't he live here now? Doesn't he live in Knoxville now? I'm not sure, but I think he does. I mean, and so he just decided to stay at UTC after that, or well, back then you're tied in. I mean, you're it's too late it's at tough, that point. It's tough so, to... wait, Peyton could have been throwing to Randy Moss and Terrell Owens 
1996 and 97. Could you guys, with Jamal Lewis in the backfield in 97, by the way, like, can you imagine that team? <laughs> well, maybe he would have gotten invited to the Heisman like he did, and Hendon Hooker didn't. Still crestfallen. We broke down our, our thoughts on that. And so if you want to go back and, and, and listen to that, be sure and, and do that. And um, I know that Caleb, you have a piece coming out about where Tennessee will go as far as an offensive coordinator. It appears as if uh, Joey Halsey is the way they're going to go. I would be surprised if that's not the case. Then my question is who do they hire as um, uh, an assistant? Because, I think they've got the offense with the group they have now, even if they bring Halsey in now that Alex Golish has gone to South Florida. I think they've got a good grasp on the offense. And John Adams the other day made fun of me because I talk about recruiting too much. I would go with the Rodney Garner on offense, which means super, super, super recruiter. Calling the running backs coach, calling whatever you want to. But I would go with Uber Recruiter Man. Whoever that man is, Uber Recruiter Man. Give Trooper Taylor a call. See what he's up to. Should have gotten a call in 2008. <laughs> yeah. um, so what do you think? What do you think happens with the staff? I think that Joey Halsley does get the promotion. There's a wild card here. There's a wild card here. A major wild card. Josh Heupel's first ever choice for an offensive coordinator at UCF was Jeff Levy. Levy left him for Lane Kiffin in 2019 or 2020 because Heifel's at UCF and Ole Miss is a better job than Central Florida. Well, Levy's still an offensive coordinator, not a head coach. He's at Oklahoma right now. I think given what just happened with Brent Venables at Oklahoma this past year, I think Levy might be willing to jump ship and go back to coaching under Heifel and go to Tennessee. And that's not a lateral move at this point. So... No, you feel, and Amanda pointed this out early, early in the season, and you feel like the Brent Venables thing is not going to work, Amanda. And and the other thing, just like Tennessee, you mold your whole program around one side of the ball. So Levy might not be happy if that's molded around the defensive side. It's molded around the toilet right now. So he might not have. A, <laughs> I mean, he might not have. A, he might not have a job in two years. So, Amanda, that move would make sense. Yeah, it would make sense. If you're not going to go after, I mean, if you're, I think to put on what's working in other places and to what I would do if I were a head coach somewhere, I would find former players as recruiting tools. That's what I would do. I would put them on my staff as like a recruiting, like, popular players that maybe went to the NFL and aren't there anymore, or maybe just played college, but household names for, you know, Tennessee fans and for other, for kids who'll know, Oh, Hey, this dude's gone through it. He's been what through what I've been through. And I know, I remember him playing so we can, you know, as recruiting, I think that's the best thing to do. I think when it comes to recruiting, put former players out there. I look back at the recent history of that. I thought it worked with Terry Fair. I thought he was a good defensive backs coach. Um, it did not work with Chuck Smith, who sent, I think, 18 defensive linemen out on the field at LSU. Um, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somebody else recently. Oh, who was Jay the Graham? guy? He was the, sorry? Jay Graham? 
Jay Graham was one, was on there. There was a, a VFL coordinator who was a former player, oh, Anton Davis, that like, oh, yeah, was a, he says he was effectively bullied by Butch Jones when he was there. I think um, it depends on who you, who you're under, you know, obviously, but Josh Heupel was a former player not at Tennessee, but at Oklahoma. So he could relate to other former players at whatever team he's on. Like I know Alabama's going after and probably will not get, but the rumor, D'Amico Ryans, who is now in the, in the NFL, they want him to like line him up behind Saban, become the next head coach in a few years, whenever Saban retires. But. And I'm sure Auburn would like to retain Cadillac. I mean, those are guys, yeah. Ryan's and Cadillac, that have, have proven that they they are competent coaches, and I'm sure they could recruit. The Chuck Smith thing is kind of an aberration. I brought that up, but he had never coached before. Yeah. I'm not – I actually break with you, Amanda. I'm not the biggest fan of formal legends coming home and, like, you know, pushing – you know, trying to get them up the ladder. I, I think that sometimes when – you know, beloved players from your school, particularly climb their way to the head coaching job. They get a longer leash than they should because people want them to do well. I, I don't know. Dave, tell me more about this. I don't know the inner workings, but it seemed like that's what Tennessee did with Johnny majors in the seventies and the eighties, because he was so beloved as a player. They let him stay on for eight years without a top 25 finish. And I know that the, I know the program was a disaster when he took over, but it just seemed like he got a lot. He got a much longer lease than any other coach would have gotten. You know, I think that's bigger than just Johnny Majors. I think that's a Tennessee tradition. I thought Larry Slade and Pat Washington as assistants got long longer leashes. I, I think that Tennessee was was such a unique place before college football got big. And remember, you could win split national titles, and the SEC title in and of itself meant a lot. Winning the Sugar Bowl was a successful season. Whereas if Josh Heupel keeps the standard up, that's going to be an okay season. Like for Alabama, that's, that's a down year playing in the sugar bowl. So I just think the mindset for about 50 years was go out there and win nine games and everything's great. And 104,000 people are going to show up because it's not on television half the time and everything's good financially. I think that was the mindset across the board. And I think, majors maybe was a part of that i mean i still remember people showing up and caring even in johnny majors bad years i mean they still I, cared. go ahead amanda i call that the mark Richt mindset that's how he was at georgia i mean for so long you win nine you retain your you know your job because nobody else is it's like uh penn state's head coach franklin Mm -hmm. Same thing. You go out. And, yeah. Yes. You win nine and we're, you're, you're pretty safe. Like that's, I feel like that's kind of the, the whole mindset is just go out, win nine. You're, you're pretty safe. I would Franklin, refer. Go ahead. I would say to give Franklin a break. The fact that Penn state is still afloat as a program, given what happened over a decade ago, that's a pretty impressive job on its own. I feel like Bill O'Brien's the one that resurrected that though. He but, did. He did. And I think Franklin just inherited it um, and has just kept it afloat. But with the former players, I would I would not promote them to head coach unless it's somebody that's proven like D'Amico Ryans and, you know, in the NFL, he's proven that he's he's good at coaching. I would just as sad as it sounds, I would just use them as names and tools 
for recruiting. Put them, give them an, an analyst title or, or you know, a, assistant linebackers coach or something like that to for recruiting purposes only pretty much. Get so, kids. Okay, so you're not talking in. about the actual on-field coaches, which you can just have nine. You're talking about the analyst thing that Alabama started, now everybody copies. Yes, I would do former players because I think that your biggest asset to recruiting is – having these former players who can come in and say, well, you know, when I was here, this is how it was ran. This is this, this is that, you know, and, and, and help guide them through that. And a name's going to gather somebody's attention. Like it's just going to. Well, the ultimate example, I know you're not a huge fan, but the ultimate example is Philip Fulmer who played for Tennessee. And then, you know, he, he proved himself as an offensive coordinator and then, you know, there's some shady things with Johnny Majors became the head coach and and had success. So I guess that would be the ultimate example. Um, shady. I'm not arguing that, but that would be kind of the ultimate example. I'm trying to think of it, uh, one maybe elsewhere or who would be a guy that that you would you could bring in to to Tennessee that's currently having success as a coach. I, I can't one's not popping to mind, but. Caleb, that might be a fun thing for us to delve in, into on the side. Well, there, there's a problem with this, with Tennessee specifically, which is that you got to go a little further back because if anybody from the past 15 years comes to Tennessee and says, you know, when I was here, this is how it was done. If I'm a player, I'm like, well, I don't want to be like what it was like when you were here. And so, awesome. you know, at least former could be like, former could be like when I played, I won the SEC championship and the Sugar Bowl in back-to-back years. And then when I was an offensive coordinator, I won back-to-back SEC championships. I think Dave probably agrees with me. I think former was a product of the most elite talent ever when he was offensive coordinator with Carl Pickens and Chuck Webb and, you know, uh, Tony Thompson, Alvin Harper. I mean, gosh, those, the, that 89-90 Tennessee offensive teams were just loaded with talent those two years. Oh, I will still say that was it the 90 uh, team that lost to Notre Dame in Neyland Stadium? That's the best group of talent that I have ever seen on a college football field, those two teams combined. Oh, yes. 90 Tennessee, Notre Dame. And then the next year, that was the miracle at South Bend. But absolutely. Message board bingo today. I want to remind you that Bassey Lawn and Garden has the industrial mowers. They have the commercial mowers. They have the residential mowers right there in beautiful Cleveland. So if you're in Nashville – Knoxville or Chattanooga, especially if you're in the industrial side or the commercial side, you owe it to yourself to give them a call. Check out their prices because they're able to buy in bulk so they get better prices. Bassy Lawn and Garden Man Alive, it is worth the drive. And no, Travis, we're not going to start the Peyton conversation that he should come back and coach Tennessee. That was... No, not Peyton. I was thinking like Arian Foster or somebody that come back and help running backs, just the name to, to recruit. Yeah, but Aaron Foster like would that. recruit well for you at Tennessee. He's talked Well, yes, <laughs> right. But I was just, that's the name I was thinking of, like a timeline kind of thing. You've got me racking my brain. I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody. There has to be somebody. Maybe uh, Josh Dobbs come back as a QB coach? I don't know. There you go. Something like that. Who? Josh Dobbs come back as a QB coach? Don't hate it. I'll tell you one that would be really good. Would, but he's never going to come from the West Coast, would be Casey Clawson. He coached up a team from 0-10 to like a state title. Yeah. Now, it's a private school division, but 
to end within like two years. So, and he might have. Oh, Jim Bob Cooter. Boom. (laughs) Wasn't he at the Cowboys at some point? He was offensive coordinator of Detroit for a long time. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Apparently had the best Wonderlick score of like a ton of guys. So like. Bring him back. Jim Bob Cooter, bring him back. It wasn't that long ago where he took sliding into one's DMs as a, oh, yeah, I, maybe we as a real it. thing called sliding into the window and into a lady's bed. Yep, oh, I, I, I retract my statement. It can't be him. If yeah. Hugh Freeze can do it, I mean, my God. we I don't think Tennessee should set its goal to be like Hugh Freeze. They've Just already had a it. couple of – they've already had to settle a few lawsuits Tennessee has over the past 10 years. So Past 20. The precedent has been set, is all I'm saying. <laughs> If you can bring back Hugh Freeze to the SEC, you can bring back anybody. I'm just curious as a female. Imagine yourself in your single days, Amanda. If uh, if suddenly you've got uh, somebody that you don't know cuddling you in bed. I don't cuddle. Um, <laughs> I've always hated it. Hate it. It's like, get off of me. Um, don't like to cuddle. So if somebody did come and cuddle me, we'd have, have a have done so if they're unknown yeah i i carry so yeah. no problems how in the world is he an nfl head coach here we go message board bingo is now amanda is going to read off a message board post and then after she does that what happens you get to guess and tell us if you can determine what board that was posted on and if you do so before caleb then you're going to win a gift certificate to craft treats and craft treats is phenomenal craft treats go to crafttreats.com and all you have to do is use the promo code off the hook for any of their treats i highly recommend the chill pills okay because the chill pills my dog jumped up on the bed like four times yesterday thanks to the chill pills and he's been struggling with a little arthritis in the back hips but he is hitting it now and he is just a different dog and it's because of the chill pills and the chill pills also will help with digestive issues and anxiety issues and he has those too but that those are kind of cute when he barks at people and bites amanda it is message board bingo and it's (laughs) he gummed me he didn't really bite me he kind of gummed me I know. I, have I was like, ow. <laughs> I was like, ow. Should I just say ow? Like, does it make you feel better? <laughs> like, oh, ow. I'm, ooh, that hurt. Message board bingo is now. All right, Amanda, what do we got? We would have beaten Georgia. If they had been in the SEC championship instead of LSU, our team just peaked way too late. At the end, we had the best defense, and the offense was clicking. An SEC school. Uh, I'm not going to – Can I I can still guess because I don't count. Um, I would probably say um, – I mean, it sounds like Alabama to me. Dean guesses Alabama. It's not Alabama. I'm not gonna give you one that that's that's so easy. Yeah. No. Defense was clicking. Oh, surely not. I think I know it. All right, you got ten seconds. I think I know it. Travis says South Carolina. No, they can't represent the West. 
Dean says Ole Miss. Nope. That's who I thought it was. Caleb, who do you think it was? Yes. Yeah, defense clicking. I'm going Mississippi State. No, the offense was clicking. Oh, not the defense. Yeah. I'm still going Mississippi State. No. No. What delusional? Wait, oh, A&M. A&M? Yes. <laughs> Gosh. Dean, we'll, we'll hook you up tomorrow. Dean said A&M right after we did, and you already had one guess. Now, Travis is with A&M, but we give the stuff away daily if you can give us the right answer. So have a fantastic day. The show is always brought to you in part by City Heating and Air Conditioning, where integrity matters. They can take care of your HVAC unit with a service, or they can replace it. And you know that you're getting the right recommendation for what you need for your home. That's City heatandair.com and don't forget to go to Owl's Nest Barbecue if you're in the Udawa area. Owl's Nest Barbecue has the expertise, the sauce, the rubs, and the awesome grills that you need to check out. Owl's Nest Barbecue. Have a fantastic day everyone. For Caleb Calhoun, Captain Encyclopedia, the lovely Amanda LaPrada, the, Mo- the Muse, the Moose. The Moose. <laughs> the Moose. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Try not to get cuddled by Jim Bob Cooter, everyone. That's my, my leading words. If you're that drunk, are you smart enough, at least, assuming you're heterosexual, that you know to cuddle with a female? Or do you just cuddle with anybody within cuddling distance? I don't think I've ever been so drunk in my life to try to slide in somebody's window and cuddle them. I'd cuddle a dog, probably. If I were drunk, I'd break in and, and try to, like, cuddle the dog. <laughs> hey, honey, who's down on the dog bed with Thaddeus? Oh, that's just Amanda. She had too much last night. <laughs> well, I like dogs more than people, so that... Thaddeus is when, my, is, when your do- is when dogs get really... Like, my, my friend's dog gets really mad at her when she's drunk and she cuddles her. My friend's always yeah. get off of me. <laughs> That's, that's me when my husband gets drunk and tries to cuddle me. I'm the dog. I'm like, get off me. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We will talk to you promptly at 8.30 tomorrow morning. For Amanda and Caleb, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off Book Sports. <laughs>